We are back with another episode of the Tide Talk Podcast. Uh, Stacy Blackwood with Jake Thomas and our special guest, Danny Howe. Danny, we appreciate you jumping on, man. Man, I, I couldn't be uh, more proud and more honored to be here. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Hey, we really appreciate it. Uh, you know, at first we just needed somebody to kind of moderate mine and Jake's debate uh, over uh, over Pete Golding and the album of defense, but we're going to let you hang on for the entire episode, and, and we look forward to hearing your takes as far as, you know, the previous week against A&M and, and what to look forward to against Tennessee. But, you know, with that, we're going to go ahead. and Jake, it's obvious uh, this last week has been pretty pretty heavy on the uh, Pete Golding, <laughs> the defensive coordinator at Alabama, and, and Jake's been on him pretty pretty hard. And, and Jake, I'll just – before we even kind of debate, I just want, us, want you to kind of tell us what your main beef is with Pete Golding. Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I just don't think he's uh... – He's the right guy to be the defense coordinator. Um, I mean, I don't like taking shots at anybody, but I mean, the the defense is as struggles this year. I mean, everybody everybody jumps on about the five freshmen, but I mean, their athletes they they've had the playbook forever since they've been down there, and you know they know they know the plays. It's his job to coach them up and get them in the right position. Uh, now, I mean, I understand that, that in time is different. Uh, that's on the players, but they still know where their assignments are. And there's guys that are still missing assignments. There's, you know, uh, during the old Miss game, when we just let a quarterback run for, I think he had 125 something rushing yards against us. Kevin Mod last week had 90. I mean, there's just some, some busted coverages that, that I'm concerned about. Well, I I don't even know where to begin. Like, do, do you expect guys when they walk on campus to be able to to know the playbook and to know each assignment? Uh, and do you not think the other coaches from the other teams are making adjustments to what the defense is doing? And then those guys are trying to make adjustments in the game and trying to line up each other up, much less line themselves up. Do you not? I mean, does that not cross your mind? Yeah, but uh, let me give you a little thing here um you know you talk about defensive adjustments well um last year in the oklahoma game uh we got outscored in the second half 24 to 14 and um that i mean and of course golden was the defense coordinator then so i mean that's concerning i mean he didn't make the halftime adjustments thank god golden golden was not the defensive coordinator. he was not he was not the defensive coordinator um. Yeah, he was still the middle, the middle linebackers coach, the inside linebackers coach, but he was not the defensive coordinator. Uh, my computer quit. Hang on, just a second. Um, I have an article right here. Uh, I got two actually. It says the same as that thing. One of them is from Roll Tide Roll, and the other one's from AL.com. And they both- boy, though, boy, AL.com's real, real credible. Well, Roll, roll Tide Roll, is pretty, pretty credible. But uh, it says that uh, after some early struggles during the season, Saban stripped Lapoy of defensive play call and responsibilities and handed them over to defense co-defense coordinator Pete Golden. So let, let me let me ask you this: Did you hear Nick Saban say it? Uh, no, but everybody's okay. okay. Oh, I don't care what everybody says. Never, I'm, never, not once, never, not once was 
Lupoi stripped of that responsibility. Never, not once. I don't care what they say. Tosh Lupoi was calling plays for the national championship game for against Oklahoma and also um, against Auburn and back to LSU and beyond. <laughs> you, can, you, That footprint, that fingerprint is all over what happened after LSU because he took his mind off of everything that happened after that shutout, just like Mac Wilson did, just yep. like um, Isaiah Bugs did. And I'll be honest with you, Raekwon Davis is a, they all checked he, that out. That dude should be on a milk carton right now. Yep, they, they all checked out. I agree with you on Raekwon Davis. He still hadn't impressed me this year at all either. I mean, it seems like once the play's by him, he just gives up. Absolutely. No, yeah, he, he's flashed a few times. Correct. but yeah. yeah, I mean, he's flashed a few times, but he's – he he's not near as dominant as somebody that's that's his size and and his athleticism should be and and that's it's really frustrating because when you remember when he was a freshman and sophomore he he was dominant yeah and and, and this last year and, and in 2019 he just he just hasn't quite been that player um and uh but, and to, hey I, I, before I want to make one more argument uh you you talk about all these the, the quarterback rushing stats. I mean, you remember when Kirby Smart was our defense coordinator, how many yards rushing Johnny Manziel could get on us and Nick Marshall and guys like that? Should we have fired Kirby Smart because we had allowed a quarterback to run for some yards? No, but that was – that was. Oh, the, uh, no, was, no, no, no. The, the, then you can't use that as an argument because that – Alabama has always struggled against the uh, the quarterbacks that run. and It doesn't matter who the defensive coordinator is, and it's, it's just a hard offense to, to, to cover. The guys, guys, for me, the four biggest plays in that game was the two rushes by Mond for about 70 plus yards. One was 32, one was 39, I think, something like Th- that. 36. Yeah. So, and then um, Xavier McKinney is 6'1, trying to guard a 6'5 tight end in the corner. He throws the ball up in the air. Mond, Mond threw a, a very good pass. It was a very good catch, and Xavier McKinney had zero shot. And that was garbage points. Right, garbage points. Right. I talked about garbage points last week. I hate to interrupt you, but it was the same thing in in the Ole Miss game. They they scored, I think, 14 points in the fourth quarter, and then they had the touchdown early in the game off the muff punt. What what do you expect the defense to do when the offense is giving the ball inside the 20-yard line? I mean, I I just – so that's 21 points that you can take off the board there that, that most likely would have not been scored in the game. Continue, Danny. <laughs> Here, here's, here's my biggest beef with Pete Golding up to this point is he's slow to react, and the adjustments aren't there because, one, the offense isn't on the field for very long. Right. And, two, he's trying to get two guys to call plays, right? Shane Lee. Mm-hmm. And um, Shy Carter, and I think Shy Carter had his best game of the season. Absolutely, absolutely. A and M, and I think um, Shane Lee is not going to beat someone like Kellen Mond from sideline to sideline. Now, nope. if Kellen Mond runs between the tackles. Shane Lee is going to put him in the ground. But if he gets a little bit of a a break, Shane Lee's not going to run anybody down. 
I'll no. tell you, I, I'd hate to meet that dude in a dark alley somewhere because that is a grown-ass man. You hear yep. me? Yep. But he's not going to – Shane Lee and really – I think there's only maybe two or three players on the defensive side of the ball that could shadow Kellen Mond and, and catch him sideline to sideline and not give up a 35-yard run or 36-yard right. run. So I, I, I think um, – some folks, and I'm not. I'm not saying you, Jake. I, I I understand your concerns. I think some folks, especially on Twitter, need to get away from the ledge. And I know I joked with you about that, Jake. But I don't. I don't think that this team is as bad as people are saying. You listen to um, Will Lowry was on uh, Ryan Fowler the other day, and he's mm-hmm. praising these guys for, you know, the strides that they've made. And I really think they have. I think they've made huge strides in the last two weeks and I, I'm not trust me I'm not looking past Tennessee I'm not looking past Arkansas because anybody can jump up and bite anybody at any time in this league right but uh, we should be 8-0 going into LSU plus two weeks off I think this defense is going to do some growing and I think you haven't seen what Nick Saban and Pete Golding have implemented because we don't want Unless you to see it. I think there's yeah. some things, some schemes that we're going to see maybe toward the end of the Arkansas game. And then you'll see those guys. They'll, they'll start blitzing. We put pressure on Mond with three guys most of the day. Four, right. four tops. And sometimes we rushed five. And Texas A&M is not going to block Alabama with, with uh, five on five for sure. And probably not five on four. They're just not. Uh, Jimbo Fisher is a is a fantastic coach, but you give Nick Saban two weeks to prepare for somebody. Uh, coach O, I don't care if he's got a uh, one of those Rosetta Stones out and he's communicating with uh, <laughs> with um, Joe Burrow, you know, on a on a secret level. Nick Saban's going to get in him, and and absolutely, I, I think I think this defense has really come along in the last two weeks. Now. You listen to Nick Saban talk Wednesday. He he said that Pete Golding was put in a huge in, in a in a in a bad spot. Yeah, because you lose McMillan, you lose Moses, and you got two true freshmen that are in the middle of that defense. Period. And those guys are trying to make calls, checks. They're trying to put guys in the right spot. These guys are they're still in that process of thinking before they play instead of thinking bef- like long before the play and then just playing football. Right. I think, I think that's where we're getting to now, and I think you're going to see a big difference over these next couple weeks. Granted, it's Tennessee and it's Arkansas, but again, we shouldn't look past those guys. And then you give him two weeks to look at film and teach those kids to study, watch what happens live because it's coming. I, I, I'm with you 100%. I think it's also important to – to point out that Christian Harris didn't even play linebacker in high school. He was a safety. Correct. If you if you go back and watch his film, he never once played linebacker. He was playing safety and, and roaming the field that way and, and making plays in the air in the passing game that way. I mean, he it's it's a new position, and then he was thrown in, you know, in, in the fire. And, you know, and like, like you said, with, Mo, with Moses being out, I mean, he was the guy that – that Golden could look to on that defense out on the field and say, "Hey, this is what I what I'm expecting," and Moses could get it done. One hundred percent heartbroken for that kid. Yeah, that's he, that, that, was, that was tough. 
not only is he a phenomenal football player, that is, that's one of the best kids on that campus. And, and he's losing him. I I literally almost cried and, uh, you know, just, and not just because of his talent, but because of every, all the hard work that he's put in and the, the, um, the, the determination and, and the resiliency and everything that he's gone through to get to this position. And then it's all stripped away because he, he tore his ACL. I'm just yeah, I'm it, the kid. Oh, me too. That that was, that's probably one of the most, you know, to a personal devastating injury that I remember to an Alabama player that just kind of shook me for a minute. You know, I just thought, man, I hate that. Not only for the team, but like you said, for the person in Dylan Moses, you you can tell that he's a, He's a great kid, and, and you know he he takes a lot of pride in what he does for the university University of Alabama. And uh, you know I don't know if he's going to go pro or not. I, I imagine he probably will because I imagine he'll probably still be a pretty high pick. But I don't I don't think he will. I I think he'll be I think he'll be back next year for a fifth as a fifth year senior. Hey, I hope I hope I hope you're right. <laughs> I think I think Smitty's gone. I think Ruggs is gone. I think two is gone. Um, I think Jerry Judy. Well, I know Jerry Judy's gone. But, um, I, I honestly think that Dylan would come back, and and just like T. Lou did, Lewis is back, and I'm I'm ecstatic, you know, at the level that he's playing. Um, but I I think we'll get Dylan back. At least I hope so. Right. And he can handle his business. T. Lou is about unblockable right now. He is, uh, and and I I think you know like the pass rush was was pretty, it was pedestrian the first few weeks, but like like Danny said last week with mostly three or four rushers, we we were getting home a- almost every snap. You see, Iboigbe, oh yeah, that kid, that him and DJ Dale are going to be a force to be reckoned with. You hear me? Yes, maybe maybe not, maybe not this year on on the quote unquote Alabama level, the Alabama factor. But right. watch what I mean th- those kids are they yeah, I'm just I'm amazed at at the steps that these guys have taken because I watched their film um as a a, se- a junior and senior in high school and they've taken multiple strides in and how they attack gaps and how they shirk blocks and you know just, just their hands and their footwork and it's it's just uh it's it's neat to watch. Yeah, I, and I'm not saying he's gonna he's gonna be this level. I hope he is, and he has the chance to be, I guess. But a a boogby or a boogby, however you say it, he, he with the way his hands move, he has a chance to be the next Jonathan Allen. He's kind of got that same build. He might even be a little. He's actually a little taller than what what uh, Allen was. But uh, I, I think he's he's got a very bright future. And obviously, DJ Dells is a beast right in the middle of the defense. So I, I liken um, Iboigbe's upper body strength to a slim Sean Robinson without the beard. Yeah. <laughs> he just he, – he, he just – he gets, you know, inside those guys' hands and just – I don't know. It's, it's, it's difficult to describe. Yeah, and he – like you said, he can use his hands to shed those blockers. And, and he, he makes it look pretty easy for, for a guy that's – just a freshman. And if, if I want to talk about uh, Christian Harris and Shane Lee for a second, I think those guys don't avoid blocks enough. Right. And that's one of the things that I think 
Saban and Golding and even Sal as an outside linebackers coach and teach those guys to to learn to to fish and swim and and learn those movements that they use on the outside, even on the inside, to try to get to those gaps where they're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, and and you can see the growth in guys like Christian Harris when, uh, you know, there was there's a pretty viral tweet that went out about when 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 Christian Harris there was a there was a counter to the right and he he shed the block from the tight end and then tackled the back for about a, about a two or three yard loss. I mean, it looked like a veteran play, right? The way he took on the block and and then just attacked the football, you know, just that instinct he, that he has and and I, that's what I see more out of both Shane Lee and, and Christian Harris is they're when when they're starting to see the plays now. They're, they're you know they're 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 seeing the, the play unfold before their eyes and then they're attacking it. They're not waiting. They're attacking it when as soon as they see it. And, right. And and that's what the game that's is what slowing down for them. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's the best way to put it. And you know when when that happens with their athleticism, especially Christian Harris is extremely athletic. I mean he's he is he is he is Dylan Moses athletic. So uh it's just like like Danny said, the game's got to slow down a little bit more for them, and and they'll start they'll start reacting and, and making more plays. And here's uh, the thing, not- here's the thing that I'm concerned about with the defense. We have two cornerbacks that can cover, but they're scared to hit. Yeah, <laughs> Trayvon Diggs and Sertain are not going to hit anybody, and that concerns me a little bit. Um. Jared Maiden, he's been in the program for four years. What is he doing cheating up? And that's what, you know, they gave right. up the, touch, the, the passing touchdown. He, that guy, if he, if he plays disciplined football, assignment football, that's probably a 12 or a 15-yard right. game. And then the defense gets into that bend-don't-break mode, mode that, that they've been in. Uh, this defenses in college football are not going to be like 2011, 2012. Right. They're the, the offense are, are yep. Red offenses, RPOs, all that thing, all that stuff has created space for athletes. Yep. Now you, if you notice 24 seven and all these people that rate these kids, these athletes are starting to go from around 80 to 120 in the top 300. They're going up to 40, 50, and right. 60 now because they can play cornerback and they can also play wide receiver. Well, these guys are playing a slot wide receiver, and next thing you know, they, they get a little bit of space, and there's nothing you can do with them. Yeah. There's nothing. And it's just, I don't know, it, it's uh, evolution in college football has gotten away from three yards in a cloud of dust, and defense wins. Yeah, that's, that's no longer the, the case in college football. But I mean, Jake, we, you've kind of been silent for a few minutes. Have you got have have we have we kind of talked you away from the ledge a little bit? Or are you okay? Or <laughs> I just you know I'm not backing down on it until I see some improvement out of Golden himself. Well, I mean, I mean, what are you wanting Golden to? That's I, I guess that's what's confusing me. Like. What I, I, you're not telling me a specific thing about Golding that you don't like. What is it specifically that you don't like? Game plan. You don't think Saban's in on the game plan, Jake? He is on the defensive back, which we ain't got no problem in the defensive back, besides that one bust to play them, Jake. So, so you don't think Saban's at all, as far as the entire defensive game plan, in on each 
each week? You don't think he's a part of that? Bowen is a defense coordinator, not Saban. Uh, so? So, I mean, I expect, you know, the defense coordinator to handle the defense like he's supposed to. I mean, they like you said, they have improved. Um, like Shane Lee and Christian Harris, they're getting better every week. But, um, I mean, there's just missed assignments all over the field. There's penalties. You know stuff like that that's got to be uh, got to be straightened up. Um, well, well, the pe- the the penalties the penalties yeah, but I the penalties are on both sides of the ball. Not, Boy, I mean, yeah, on both sides. That's not on the offense or defensive side of the ball. That's the offensive yeah. side of the ball too. We got it. We got to quit. Uh, you know, we're we're in third and three, and we get a a false start. Yeah, we're third and eight. So we got it. We get we we have to be more disciplined. As far as penalties, we have to be more disciplined as far as playing assignment right. football. And Anthony Jennings is a redshirt senior, and he's still missing right. assignments. Jumping off sides. I, I don't think that that's necessary. I, I think it's part coaching, but I think it's about 90. Yep, I agree with you. percent on coaching because he knows. He was there before mm-hmm. Pete Golding. He was there um, – Jeremy uh, Pruitt, uh, yep. Jeremy Pruitt, he he knows he knows what his assignment is. Those guys go out and and they they do things. I I I want to throw my remote yep. through the TV sometimes when I see some of these bust plays because it's so simple to see what Absolutely. they're doing wrong. And I, I I think you're right, Jake. That some of it is coaching, and I'm not I'm not bashing you, bro, because those guys. They, the the coaches are coaching, but those kids need to be better disciplined, more disciplined, and they need to not worry about getting the big hit on somebody. Tackle, wrap up, take them to the ground, and finish the yeah. play. I do. I do think the tackling's improved since since say the South Carolina game. The the tackling is much improved. It it was actually pretty bad the first couple of weeks of the season, but I think since about the South Carolina game and after it's it's been you know, pretty good. You're going to miss a tackle every now and then, but for the most part, I've been pretty satisfied with the tackling. Yeah, the play that Trayvon Diggs, he just flat didn't yep. want to hit yep. the guy. You go back and look at the first touchdown. He 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 didn't want to hit that guy any more than the man <laughs> in the moon wanted to hit it. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Our our corners are soft, and they must be more aggressive. They must be more physical. They they just have to be. Yeah, it's that simple. Uh, I I don't know. I guess my my whole thing with the I, we, we're going to move on in a minute. But the, but I I just think it's premature to to be out on a defensive coordinator. Not only is it just six games into his tenure, but it's also six games in with him coaching a defense that half the guys are true freshmen. I just think it's it's a bit premature to be out on him. I think it's too early to call. Now, if if the defense is the same uh, going into the Iron Bowl as it as it is right now, maybe so. But I I don't expect that to be the case. I hope y'all are because I don't have they've any confidence in him. They've they've I already taken strides. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. You know, you 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 go. To, a scale from one to ten. This defense was a one point one, and uh, as far as right, Bama right, standard, yeah. right? It's a it's a one point one, 
after game two. It's probably a, a 3.5 after game four. And we're we're about a 5.5 yeah. to a 6 on the Bama standard. Now, I understand where Jake's coming from. Jake's Bama standard is we're, we we play smash yeah. mouth defense, and he's not seeing that. And I, It, and it I is frustrating to watch. I'm yeah, I mean, it's that. frustrating to watch, but you have to – you have to have that mindset that well, it's not going to be like that anymore. Simply because of the of the the way college football is 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 right now. I mean, it's just spread offenses. We had two. We've played two quarterbacks that we've had zero right. film on. Linsky and the Plumley uh, kid from Ole Miss. Correct. We have zero film on those guys except right. high school. And I mean, high school offenses are high school right. offenses. It's not SEC football unless it's Auburn. But I. I well, <laughs> don't get me started on the dust bus with this nine. Hey, we're, hey we're, we want him to have a lifetime contract. Uh, you and me both. I, I, I'm about to start a GoFundMe to pay him through 2093 or something. Like I'll, do, I'll donate. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, Jake, I, let, me, let me say this. I, I, think, I think that you're, you're – Right on as far as the defense not being where Alabama fans who have watched for years and years and years want the defense to be. Absolutely. I'm with you. But I, I think you have to you have to take a step back and, and understand that offenses are not 2011, 2012 offenses anymore either. Even 2013, 14, we're not facing Kerry right. Johnson, who's going to get 30 carries a game. We're facing, you know, guys who are going to throw the ball. Mon threw the ball, what, 42 times. times? Right. So, uh, it's it's just morphing into this RPO spread offense, sort of like a, a West Coast type of hybrid offense. Yep. And it's just different. It's just different. We And, and we have to understand that, you know, we may be a little bit behind the power curve recruiting guys who can defend that sort of stuff. The Minka Fitzpatrick's of the world aren't just right. every corner. So I think, you know, uh, we're going to get the Scooby Carter. Watch that kid's yeah. going to be something. And, and, and I think you'll see um, Staben and the defensive guys start to recruit guys that can play those slot corners, that can play that dime and nickel that that can keep up with yeah, those yeah. athletes. That are You're on right on, Danny. And, and, you know, I, it's something – I hadn't even really thought about it, you know, until till earlier this week. You know, LeBron Ray has been out since what week? Two. Is it week, week two? Mm-hmm. Two or three? Yeah. Three. So, I mean, three. that's a big loss. I mean, he was – uh, I mean, you talk about when you're starting defensive linemen, that's that's kind of a big loss, which it's allowed guys like Byron Young to, to get more snaps. And uh, But, you know, that's that's another big loss on the defensive side of the ball that, you know, you're just – you're not really prepared for. I mean, you, you recruit guys, but you kind of want to bring them in and let them get their reps late in the game when the game's already won instead of when – when it's still, you know, not really – I say hanging in the balance. The, every game's pretty much been over with at halftime. But you, you you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Did you see 
I don't know how many snaps he played, but I, I would I would venture to guess it's more than twenty five. Yes. Markel Benton played all these snaps, and I'm like, why is Christian Harris on the sideline? Why is Shane Lee on the sideline and this kid's out there playing? It, he looked a tad lost, and that may be why we gave up the rushing yeah, yards that it, we did. And, uh, to the it's, and, and I think Saban said it's, they just got to have some experience. I mean, that's, that's, that's all it is, that we, we have no experience at the inside linebacker positions, even one of them. The, the defensive coordinator and all the position coaches, they can coach things like technique. They can coach things like positioning and reads and things like that. But these guys still have to go out there and perform. I liken it to um, – and I know you guys are Braves fans, but I'm going go, to go with the Cardinals today. The Cardinals last year were the absolute worst defensive team in baseball, right? So this year they're the best, but the offense doesn't show up. We can coach all these things about okay, we're gonna we're gonna play lower as far as infielders. We're gonna play a little bit deeper as far as outfielders. That kind of thing. It's the same with middle linebackers and outside linebackers. And you know these guys have all these techniques: a three technique, a four technique, and all this stuff that folks don't understand but they can coach them but those kids still have to go out there and perform just like baseball players have to go to the plate and hit the baseball and not worry about launch angle and exit velocity and all this stuff it's the same thing you could fire a a hitting coach and and the cardinals probably should after this last four games with the washington nationals but i think just just take a step back and say, okay, what is the big picture as far as the defense goes? And I, I think your perspective on the defense will change. That Yes, they were hot garbage in week one and week two. Week three was a little better. Week four was a little better. And now we're getting to the point where it can be a little bit better each week. And I think we're, we're very serviceable now where we weren't serviceable before. Serviceable is not Absolutely. the Bama standard, and I agree with you, Jake. But we're at a point now where we're going to start gearing toward the Bama standard and playing better. Does that mean that we're going to be locked down and score, you know, give up six points? Probably not, based on the way offenses play nowadays. But I, I, I agree with you, Jake. But I, I think your your standard is too high based on the big picture as far as how often yep, I couldn't said it any better. My thing is, you know, you talk about adjustments. Well, when, when these start going to the RPO, now we got to make the adjustment on the defense side of the ball. And we've not done that yet. That is my concern. I, I agree with you. How how many times have we not been able to adjust because the offense scores in a minute and eighteen seconds or two well, minutes? I'm not I'm not blaming the offense on anything because if we didn't, have, yeah. I'm not blaming them either. I'm not blaming. Uh, what I'm saying is, Pete Golding is over there trying to figure out. Okay, what are they doing? This, that, and the other, and next thing you know, they just scored a touchdown. The extra points coming, and the off and the defense is going right back on the field. I'm not saying that they 
that the offense is wrong for scoring fast, and I don't think Nick Saban is saying that either. But I just think there's not enough time to go through film, to go through pictures like they do on the iPads and whatever on the sideline. There's not enough time. Yeah, to I mean, figure out you can't have on. your cake and eat it too. It, that's 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 what Danny's saying. Is, is you know you got to kind of pick your poison. Do you want to do you want to limit the offense, or do you want to uh, so you can have your defense on the sideline for 15 minutes at a time and 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 you know have a good breakdown of what happened on the past series and then adjust, or do you want to let the offense roll and you just you just do your best with a couple minutes you have on the sidelines with the, with the young guys. Nick Saban right, has said, I will not call the offense off. So, Jake is right. It's up to Pete Golding right. to get yeah. better at adjustments. But you also have to realize that he doesn't have a lot of time, typically. The, the, the thing is, they're, they're giving what, – what, there's, two, there's two reasons why they've asked to, to take what the defense gives you. One, because it's smart. If you're trying to throw the ball down the field – or you're trying to force balls in, things like right. bad stuff happens, right? But also, if he makes good adjustments and he makes good reads and throws and takes those 12 yards or those eight yarders and then you have a second and short, we can give the ball to Najee and we're going to probably get a first down, right? That gives us an opportunity for the defense, one, to, to catch their breath, and two – to get some some pictures and some video saying this is what they're doing, this is where they're where they're set up, and this is the motions and this is that, this is what you got to key on, and and to make those adjustments. I think it's it's more than just and and Pete Golding. I think it's also fair to point out that Pete Golden is only thirty five years old. <laughs> well, I, I I don't care about that. I don't care about what his age is. I don't, and I'm and I'm right with Jake that where this is concerned. Nick Saban hired him, so that's his job. And I don't care what the situation is; it's his job. Now, I'll take a step back from that and say, okay, the offense just scored in a minute, and sixteen seconds. How much film? How much? How many pictures? How many adjustments can you make? And in basically no. two minutes, not too many. Watch a basketball game; they don't make adjustments. Yeah. Well, it, my only point about his age is, you know. Uh, how good of a defensive coach do you think Nick Saban was in 1987 compared to what he is today? That, that was my only point about his age. I mean, it's, yeah, I, no, I agree, but, but we're, this is Alabama football. Yeah. I mean, Oh, I, do job I have no problem with that, but I, I, I think all, I think you, everything has to be considered when, when, when you're trying to talk about somebody's job. Sure. Like, Absolutely. I'm, I'm not discounting that. Stacy, I'm I'm just saying, it's uh, that's his job. Anyway, I, Jake, are you are you good with the the Pete Golden discussion? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you don't have anything else to add? Uh, no. You sure? Yeah. I don't want to leave any stone unturned. I just you know I just don't know why Seven was high on him when he when the only thing he did was UTSA. I mean that's a that's a hostile thing, pretty much. So I don't know why Seven's high on him, but that can be for another time. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know why either, but I mean, I think you got to trust him for, I mean, at, at least more than six games. Well, we'll see, we'll see. Come, uh, come LSU. Well, I mean, that's only a couple. I think, I think you, 
have to give him what what would that be eight games? <laughs> that would be the ninth game of the year. Yeah. So I mean, what I'm, what I'm saying is how, the sample size is too small considering the circumstances. LSU is going to score between thirty and thirty-eight points. Most likely, yes. I'm telling you that right now. And and the reason being is uh, and and I don't I don't think that Joe Burrow is a better quarterback. He's than accurate. Joe. He's very Joe accurate. Joe Burrow is a pretty good quarterback. Joe Burrow has been given a, a few uh, athletes on the outside. He's been given a system right. that fits him. Right. I'm I'm so sick and tired of people saying. Oh, he's a system quarterback. Well, let me ask you a question. What head coach or what general manager is going to draft someone <laughs> who doesn't fit their system? Tom Brady, Tom Brady is was a 6th or 7th round pick and he's the greatest NFL quarterback of yeah. all yep. time and I don't care what anybody says. He's a system quarterback. Dan Marino or John Elway or or Aaron Rodgers, or you know, whoever you want to pick that's current, may not fit that system like Tom Brady does. If you if you're worth your salt, you're going to find the guys that fit Absolutely. your system. Period. So, and I think I think they brought yeah, in this guy right. from the Saints, right? And and Joe Burrow has found his niche, right? So. He's he's playing good football. Nobody can say that he's not. But I I, I still think if if defense gets four or five stops, that that yeah. we beat them by two touchdowns easily. And but but that's what we have to do. We have to get four or five stops. Now, are they going to take this next two weeks of playing time plus two weeks off? and get to the point where they can get those four or five stops against LSU, we'll find out on November 9th. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right, Danny. Uh, but before we get to LSU, we do have to play Tennessee. So, uh, obviously, it's Tennessee hate week. Uh, I don't have any fond memories of Tennessee, uh, other than the wins, obviously. But, uh, well, how many, how many years is it in a row that we've beat Tennessee? Um, is it 12? Yeah, I think it's 12. Like 4,746 days or something like that. <laughs> God. Yeah, there's a there's an actual Twitter handle. It's like – Right. It's <laughs> since, since Tennessee beat Bama or something like yeah. that. I, I, I'm trying to remember not to – but what was the game that – what's the last time we lost to him? Like what was the – I don't even remember the game itself. You know what – you understand what I'm saying? John Parker Wilson lost to him. Was okay, that so first year. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm googling it real quick because I really don't remember. He said it was Saban's first year when we lost him. Well, it was 2007. Yeah. Let's see, I see here. JPW was on Ryan Fowler the other day, and said that he was the last quarterback to lose to him. That's why I know it. Okay. Off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. Let's see here. And I think I remember seeing somebody saying that that was the last time they, they beat Tennessee – or Tennessee beat Alabama was when uh, – it was saving first year, but I'm looking at that too. Oh, I see. It's It was in 2006. Right. Tennessee it was the beat, year before Saban came on. Yep. Tennessee beat Alabama 16-13 to 13 in Knoxville. Yeah. Huh. 
there was no iPhone then. <laughs> yeah. There was then. <laughs> I have ten now. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. But uh, anyway, more on on this season. Obviously, Tennessee's struggling this year. They're they're two and four. But I I mean, and I I hate to give them any. I've watched a couple of their games. They don't look like a ter- like a two and four football team. I mean, they just don't have a quarterback. That's they don't. I don't know. They don't seem like just a terrible team. They just they don't have a quarterback whatsoever. <laughs> so I, I I think the the last Butch Jones will be around this year, mm-hmm. and I I think that you they have if if Phil if Phil Fulmer is anything but a snitch, he needs to, to take a step back and let Prue recruit another year possibly two before mm-hmm. the next judgment. When when Jeremy is allowed to get his players, then you can make it I hate two and three year coaches because Me too. You don't you don't get a senior on your team that you recruited. Nope. You're still getting busters from the, the previous regime. Mm-hmm. So let Prue do his thing and and see how that all shakes out. Um I I I I don't like the, the the little shot he took, and I think you know Nick, Nick may try to run it down his throat, um, and, and try to go for uh, you know 175 to 225 on the ground just just because he said what he said. I, I must have missed that. What he say? What he say? Uh, he kind of took a pot shot at the at the running game a little bit. Mm. Cool. Gonna be a long day for the Vols. Inside him. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Drop eight, and Najee will run it down their throat, or put seven or eight in the box and watch what happens live. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, why would you poke the bear? I don't understand that. I don't understand any of the teams that talk trash before they play Alabama. So I, I don't. I don't think Jeremy intentionally poked the bear. I think that was a slip. Yeah, you're probably right. Because he's he knows he knows that his team is not in a position where they can do that. Yeah. Um, you, you know, Kirby, he's just arrogant enough to say whatever because mm-hmm. he thinks that Georgia walks on water and that their offensive line is is just uh, the next thing since the, the Hogs in Washington back in the Redskins days in the late 80s and early 90s. But uh, I just – I think that was a slip. And, yeah. and, you know, some Alabama folks are running with it, and, and that's fine. I, I think that Alabama will beat them handily. I don't think Nick will try to embarrass him because Jeremy's a good a good dude. Yeah. Um, but I I think uh, you know I think we walk away with this one. Yeah, I don't I, I don't see it, it being much of a game at, at any point during the game. You're you're going to the game, right, Jake? Yeah, I am. And now That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, it's we finally get a night game, so we'll get to see the get the, get to see the lights. Uh, that, that Georgia stole from us and then got to use before us. How freaking messed up is that? For real. But then, uh, um, you got uh, all that cigar smoking in that lot too. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. I, I had a guy try to tell me that they that George, that Mark Richt sent care packages to NFL players before Nick Saban did. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's that was my exact reaction. I mean, where did these people come up with that? I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I think Georgia fans are worse than any other fans. I don't. That's just my experience on Twitter. 
Yeah, and I'll say this. Really, Kirby needs to be worried about Florida because I think Florida is that defense has been a real threat because Jake Fromm is not the same Jake Fromm from last year. Well, Jake Fromm doesn't have the the uh, receivers outside either. Michael yeah. Hart, exactly. uh, Riley Ridley, and Isaac Nauta are all three gone, and that was his top three targets. Yeah, exactly. If you if you even if you put six in the box, DeAndre Swift is not going to beat you. Dude's fast, but he ain't that good. Yeah. And their offensive line, I don't care what anybody says, they they, they said, oh, they're the best offensive line in the country. Uh, they may be top 15 or top 20, but they're not the best offensive line. Utah no. might might have a little something to talk. You know, they may want to have a conversation about that. Yeah, I'm I- – Sam Pittman's the most overrated offensive line coach of all time. They they talk about him like he is the greatest offensive line coach in the history of offensive line coaches. I, I don't understand the hype. And and now Lance Dickerson's going to play center because Owens yep. basically lost his job. Yep. Brad yep. Truck's going to play right guard, and Jedrick Wills is going to play right tackle. So now we're in game two of this offensive set, right? The offensive mm-hmm. line set. And I think that they're going to use these two to get more continuity, more trust, and watch the the uh, the running game picked up, and I think it's going to pick up even more. The, the offensive line played fantastic against A&M. And Landon Dickerson has been a key – I mean, he's probably the most impactful uh, guy that we, we, we got this offseason. And, and, I mean, I may be mistaken, but, I mean, as far as an impact on the team, he he, he is uh, – it's hard to put somebody ahead of him. Evan Neal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's also been up there, and he's getting better every game. Absolutely. And the first, the first couple of games, I was, I was thinking to myself, why is this dude on the field? Because he's getting, he's getting blown up on every single snap. But now watch. Oh, yeah. Also, if you look, if you watch, if you go back and watch the first two, about a quarter and three quarters, not you know, maybe 12 minutes, 11 minutes into the second quarter, Landon Nickerson picked up every single blitz up the middle. Yep. And if he didn't pick it up himself, he checked to the right call, and every single one was picked up. Yep. Yeah, the, you could tell the communication in the first – couple weeks was not there guys were blowing by and being untouched getting into the backfield so that 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 seems to be solved with lander dickerson at at center and him making the calls and checks uh and i I think this offensive line has a chance to be special and and on evan neal i was i was kind of trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because i believe in the end he's going to be a tackle at alabama and I thought, well, maybe he's just you not know, playing in the, in the position he's comfortable at. And uh, well, it, that depends. That depends if Love right, leaves yeah. her. Yeah. But uh, the offensive line obviously is 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 going to be one of our strong suits. Uh, I think as the year progresses. And and we all thought yeah. that week one, and but now I think it's starting to come to fruition, and I think. Um, you know, all, all the combinations. It's hard to get any kind of continuity or trust in the guy next to you when you had about 11 <laughs> different combinations in the first two or three yeah. games. And we're all standing back like, oh, my gosh, this offensive line is not close to what we thought it was going to be. And now we're seeing 
that all, you know, we don't, we're not privy to all the, the meetings in the offensive line room and, and what Nick is talking to, you know, all these guys about, but, uh, I think, I think we're seeing yeah, it. Now. Absolutely. I, and me, but, uh, to comment on, on a previous podcast, it might have been last week, that once Cornbread got back, we felt like everything was going to start gelling together on the offensive line. And, and I believe that that's so. Yeah. I agree 100%. Uh, he's, and it's amazing that one person will, can make that sort of uh, impact. But Cole Kubelik posted a, a, an overhead. It was like a semi-overhead. This guy blocked, went into Dickerson, and he spun, <laughs> right? He spun, you know, back to the le- to the right, but he did like right. a reverse pivot, and Brown, I mean, clobbered yeah. that dude. And it, he was like, don't ever get in the way of the guy. <laughs> hey, I, I know, I know he's, I know he's, a, he's a, a Auburn guy, but I love Cole Kubelik's offensive line tape that he puts on Twitter. Them little clips. That's some of my favorite stuff to watch yep. on Twitter. He 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 got he he kind of rubbed me the wrong way uh, during the off season. He, I thought, you know, he's an Auburn guy and he's he's big on Georgia, which kind of everybody was. But I I thought he was, you know, kind of bashing Bam a little bit. And but I, I I think you're right. I think his takes are good. I think you know some of his analysis is, is yeah, uh, yeah spot he, on. He 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 is one. He's one of the better ones. I mean. I don't think you get much BS from him. I mean, like there, yeah. there's a lot of people on there that, that try to act like they know what they're talking about. And you can tell a couple seconds into the clip that they don't. So, uh, but anyway, that's, that's another day. But before we, before, I, I don't have anything else to add. I, I guess we can do some score predictions real quick. Uh, Jake, who was the, I don't forgot. Who was the uh, player of the week in our poll? It was Taylor. I do believe he ran away with it. Yeah, uh, we didn't have anybody comment on it, but yeah, it was Terrell Lewis won the tie top player of the week. So we do appreciate the people that did vote, but uh, he's excited, but I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, Jake, five sacks, <laughs> Terrell Lewis by himself had 11 quarterback pressures. Anthony Anthony Jennings, if we can get Anthony Jennings to stop jacking around with stupid penalties and running after people (laughs) out of bounds and whatever, if he probably had four Mm -hmm. or five quarterback pressures, DJ Dale had a couple, Boykbe had Mm -hmm. one or two, and you remember this name, fellas. You remember this name. I can't believe we – I can't believe it took that, us 50 minutes to get to dude, Christian Barmore. He is a beast. And he's he's gonna he's gonna fight some of those guys for their job. Really soon. He, he might be our next uh Q. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. We all need another Q. He he seems to kind of have that uh that kind of personality too. <laughs> yeah. He's he's and and um, oh, what's his name? Davis Raquan said, absolutely that exact thing. When he comes into the game, he elevates everyone's um, want to yeah. get to the quarterback, want to get to the ball. He's got that that knack for you know bringing elevating folks um, 
desire, I guess, for lack of a better term, to, to handle their business. Yeah, it's it, he, he's definitely fun to watch. I, I like his little celebrations when he gets a sack. It's like he don't really know what to do, but he wants to wants to celebrate somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, before we before we do go, uh, do, do y'all want to give a score prediction for this weekend? I, I know none of us are really expecting a close game, so it's the, these are the hard games to to do a score prediction on because like you don't know if Saban's going to call for dogs. <laughs> you don't know if they're going to get a late touchdown or. You know, something crazy like that. But do y'all have a score prediction? Uh, I'll go first. Yeah. I'll go first. 48-16, Alabama. And I said 48 because we're going to score seven touchdowns, but we're bound to miss them at the point. So. <laughs> 48-16, and I think uh, 16 because we get a late touchdown. What's the deal with, uh, with old uh, Rocker? He ain't been playing. He didn't play last week. He's not. He's not going to play until probably. He may kick a little bit at the end of the Arkansas game, and, but I, I, I just to get him a little bit of game action. But he's not going right, anywhere yeah. until then. His, his oblique is is uh, pretty good from what Saban said that he's he's close, but I don't think they're going to run him out there just because you don't want to. You know, he's he's our best guy. He's our best shot. Now I'll tell you. Watch out for the P Ryan kid. I know. 99. I want him to get in there. The, the mm-hmm. punter. What is the deal oh, with our punter? Can you can I, I I guarantee I can call my high school punter, which I was the long snapper, right? I was I was an outside linebacker, but I cool. was a long snap. My high school punter, Jeff Plunkett, averaged forty eight yards <laughs> a punt in high school. I could call him, he's fifty years old just like me. And I guarantee you, he could punt at forty yards. Oh, he—he he, the long shanks the shit out of him. I don't know how else to put it, but he's—he sh- shanks the shit out of him. <laughs> why does he punt the? Why does he? Punt I don't. Nose know, it's unbelievable. I, dude needs to go play uh, rugby or something. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: our our um, and, and pun defense team. You know they they've been attacking and they've got a couple blocks to share. I do believe that one. Ali uh, yeah. Ko, baby, Ali Ko, and watch he's gonna he's gonna start getting more reps at middle yeah. linebacker too. Yeah, he's he's another one of those guys that he he was a little nicked up at different parts of of fall camp and early in the season, so he couldn't get into reps. It's just it's just been a domino effect when it comes to to linebackers as far as being able to get the same guys reps you know pretty often so it's he is another guy to watch and he's obviously very athletic you can see when he, when he's going after the punt so I, I i do like having him back there to uh to try to block punts i look block punts are are huge momentum changers and in a close game that that could pay dividends absolutely that that's that's yeah. like yeah. flipping the field that's like J.K. Scott hitting the sixty-five yeah. yarder. Man, Boy, I what I w- what I wouldn't give for J.K. Scott right now. No kidding. Can we call him the dude? <laughs> oh man. Anyways, Jake, what's your prediction for the game? I think we'll score fifty, probably fifty-two. Um, I'm going to say fifty-two, twenty-one. Um, that, that's my prediction. Mm, you close to me. I. He don't like the defense. He still don't <laughs> no. like the defense, Stacy. He still don't like the defense, bro. Uh, I, 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 I think his I think his opinion is going to change here in here in a few weeks. I I think he's going to start seeing the the improvements. Yeah, 
All all depends on LSU. We got to have a couple of stops against LSU, or we're or we're in trouble. Four to five stops, and we beat them by yep. two touchdowns. Well, Jake, before I before I even give my prediction, I, and this is just going to be real quick. But how many stops do you expect LSU to get on Alabama? I mean, I that's I, I think that's a legitimate question. I don't. I mean, I don't expect them to get any, but but I mean, <laughs> they do a couple. Yeah. Okay. So you don't think we're doing a couple? <laughs> We've been doing a couple for a while. Haven't happened yet, so. Stacy, stop being. I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help it. (laughs) Look, I I completely understand where he's coming from. I I loved it watching Dante Hightower and Ruben Foster, and those guys just obliterated people. I mean, they they just Leonard Fournette had (laughs) sixty-six yards in two games. Yeah. Right. Kellen Mond had two rushes for <laughs> 70 yards. And that – it's just the difference in the game. It's, 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 it's hard for guys that are 6'4 and 245 pounds to chase down a guy that can run yep. 4 4 40. And, that, and the, the, the quarterback from what's – the, what's, the, what's the guy's name again, Stacey? You don't – Kellen Mond? Um, not Holinsky, uh, the uh, other one. Uh, Plumley. John Miles Plumley, right? He runs a four four forty. Shane Lee chased him to the sideline, and the dude ran around him. He could have ran around. <laughs> yeah. He could have made a loop. <laughs> the guy's fast. The guy's fast. I mean, uh, like you know, our 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 fifteen guys or fourteen guys gave up what they gave up to mm-hmm. Manziel too. So it happens. We just have to we have to get those four to five stops. And execute on offense, and execute on special teams, and stop getting stupid penalties. And this team will win. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Four to five stops against anybody in the country will be good enough to, to to win every game we play in. Especially, especially if the offensive line gets going, and we can control the clock with about five or six minutes mm-hmm. to go in the fourth quarter. Clemson yeah. got to ask what can come. And I'm gonna tell you something. Jalen Hurts, and, and I'm going to say this. This is for this is the last time you'll hear me say his name. Okay. Jalen Hurts gave his all for the University of Alabama, and nobody on this planet is loves that kid more yeah. than Danny Howell, right? Yeah. When he comes, when he comes to the playoff, if we meet him, he's not going to have a no contact no. black jersey. On. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. There's people who are watching Isaiah Bugs and Mac Wilson run their mouths and say, Jalen for Heisman and this, that, and the other, and Crimson Cleo and whatever yeah. else, right? There's guys on our defense yeah. who are watching. And if you think they're not, you're yep. out of your tree. Shane Lee is a freshman. Christian Harris is a freshman. Chris Allen. Oh, yeah. about him. He had a, he had a sack yep. and a half, I think, something like that. Four or five pressures. He was in Mon's face all day. Those guys are watching. They're listening. They're reading. They know what's up. And Jalen Hurts, uh, my friend, as good a teammate as you are, and and everything you did for Alabama, the SEC championship game last year, you got to ask what it comes, son. <laughs> I, I'm with you 100. percent And and I hope I hope it actually comes to that. But anyway. Uh, 
we've been going for about an hour strong, so I guess we can about – oh, my prediction real quick for the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty close to Jake. I, I was I was going to say 52 to 14. So, uh, we're all pretty close to each other. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see. I'm, I, I haven't heard which quarterback's playing for Tennessee. I know, I know the freshman is on concussion pro- – not well, I, I know the freshman is is on concussion protocol right now, or or whatever they call it. So it's I, he'll he'll probably be a game time decision, but I imagine he'll be the guy that they play. Yeah, but he, hey, Danny, we really appreciate you being on with us. Man, I I, I could be hey, more happy to, to talk. Yeah, hey, that's that, that, that's a lot of fun. Hey, won't you tell everybody where they can follow you at on Twitter? Uh, I'm at Bama Cards Pack, and I'm a Bama St. Louis Cards Green Bay Packers fan. So that's kind of how I came up with my name. But at Bama Cards Pack, and uh, I, it doesn't matter to me if you follow me or not. But you guys need to follow at Blackwood eighty nine and at Jake Thomas Tide and at Tide Talk underscore Pod. Hey, we appreciate it, Danny, uh, and we hope you'll come back with us anytime. You're welcome anytime, man. man. Anytime. Hey, guys, we'll talk to you all again next time. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.